is the Go Radio Football Show Podcast. Hosted by Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson and Davey Proven. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go. Celtic have their captain and their top scorer back in training ahead of tomorrow night's big game against Bayer Leverkusen. Kyogo and Callum McGregor are both nearing a return and Greek striker Georges Giacomakis might be ready to make a long-awaited debut. It's encouraging news, Davy Proven, ahead of that Europa League meeting at Celtic Park with a team who are second only in Germany at the moment to Bayern Munich. Yeah, real step up in class this one for Celtic, uh, Rob. And it's, I think it's important to get one or two off the treatment table, even if they can't go 90 minutes, uh, certainly to be used as impact subs. This is a huge test for Celtic. We're going to hear from Ange Postacoglu shortly on just what the very latest is. Rangers are in the Czech Republic to play Sparta Prague, who beat Celtic 4-1 home and away last season. They'll want to get something tomorrow after losing to Lyon at Ibrox two weeks ago. And Stephen Gerrard has an answer for those who question his, his team's early season form. Barry Ferguson, Rangers are top of the league. Yeah, listen, we all know, we watch the football, they're not in top form, but the main thing for um, Rangers at this moment in time, they're, they're winning games of football. It's going to be a, a tough test tomorrow, Rob. I don't know how many players they still have from last season against Celtic, but it's going to be a tough ask to go there and, and get the three points. So it is Prague, Sparta Prague against Rangers, 5.45 tomorrow in the Czech Republic. And it's Celtic at home to Bayer Leverkusen at eight. Both were losers on match day one. Uh, Celtic went two goals up in Seville against Real Betis and then ended up losing by four goals to three. Rangers pretty much outclassed at Ibrox, although as we'll hear from Stephen Gerrard, um, he was pretty happy with the performance of Rangers that night, but no points on the board. And that turns the full attention to tomorrow night's match. So we're going to hear what they had to say at their respective media conferences today. Uh, lots to talk about in terms of what Steven Gerrard was saying, Ange Postecoglou as well. And uh, what about those injuries? Um, after the weekend's game, uh, obviously, um, uh, Josip uh, is out uh, with his hamstring, so... Um... He'll, uh, you know, he'll obviously go into rehab now for a couple of weeks. Um, who else was there? Uh, McCarthy's okay. He's he's recovered from his knock. Everyone else got through okay. In terms of the ones coming back, um, we've had, uh, you know, Kel's train today. Kyogo trained a little today. And uh, George just trained today. But I'm not really sure about tomorrow yet. We'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, um, you know, they haven't done a hell of a lot of training. So it uh, it seems as if um, Callum McGregor, Kyogo, Jakumakis will be in the squad for tomorrow by the sounds of it, Davey. Um, but he's going to have to be really careful, isn't he? Um, yeah. th- you know, how much of a gamble is he going to take uh, tomorrow in pitching people in who've been injured, running the risk of, of something recurring? Yeah, I've, I've got to say I'm surprised that uh, Jakumakis is, is in the frame at all. I mean, a calf injury... Barry will tell you it's quite similar to a hamstring. You, you can't really take many chances with it. You don't really know when it's going to go again. If you, if you normally you, you would give yourself an extra week when you feel okay, you would give yourself another week after that to make sure you're okay. I'm surprised that he's he's in the frame for t- tomorrow evening. Obviously, um, Kyogo is is the guy they need back, and they want back badly. He's he's already a cult figure at the club. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I, I'm not sure there's a great deal of expectation from the Celtic support in this Europa League campaign. 
Uh, I think I think they realise that Postecoglou has to develop this team. He's not ready for a game of the magnitude of uh, Leverkusen. Mm. Um, I would say Steven Gerrard is under more pressure in this this campaign because the Rangers fans expect something of Steven Gerrard in Europe, such as his success being at Europa League level. Uh, I, I think Celtic, to a certain extent, you know, the, the the supporters aren't expecting too much. And because of that, I don't think he should be taking any chances with players who might not quite be ready. It could be damaging, though, Barry, if uh, Celtic aren't strong. Uh, Juranovic, we're hearing, uh, has a hamstring problem, so he won't be involved tomorrow night. He's yet another injury problem for Celtic to add to the ones they've had already. Um, losing to, to Leverkusen would be no disgrace because you just look at their placing three points behind Bayern in the Bundesliga. Um, but Celtic don't want to get a doing at home tomorrow night. Is that a possibility? It is a possibility because they're a, a top team by a Leverkusen with, with top players. But I think the manager needs to think what's the most important game. Is it Thursday night? Are, there's a tough trip on Sunday up to Petodre. That's when you want your top players um, ready. Kyogo, and don't forget Callum McGregor. He's the captain of the team. He's a real driving force. So he's got a big, big decision to make tomorrow. Um, does he start them? I probably um, doubt he'll start them. He'll want them 100% available for Sunday, which I think is the most important game for Celtic. Stephen Gerrard uh, had his media conference today, Rangers in Prague, uh, in the Czech Republic. It was uh, Slavia Prague uh, previously. It is Sparta Prague uh, this time around. Um, and during the media conference today, he was asked, just in terms of Rangers, I'm sure most of us would accept that Rangers haven't been firing on all cylinders so far this season, but the, the questioner at the media conference today, uh, I think his terminology was something along the lines of, uh, does the team need to be kicked into life at the moment? Uh, and this was the response. Why are we not in, we're not into life? Being top of the league, not into life, not, not for your liking. Last season's gone. You're, compare, you're comparing my team to last season. That's on you, not on me. I'm, I'm okay how things are going. I, I see loads of life. I see loads of life on a daily basis. Uh, I see loads of good players competing for positions. Um, we're top of the league and we're looking forward to a top of the table clash at the weekend. Um, if we win that, we're in a real good place going into the second international break. And um, I'm really excited and looking forward to the game tomorrow. We've got good players available and um, there's been part of our performance full of life. Um, but I said, and I was openly honest, that I still feel there's more to come. And when it does, um, we'll be a real good team to watch. That's one of those ones that you wouldn't be complaining too much if it was on Zoom and you were able to just kill the pictures and maybe mute the sound as well um, and wait for him to, to blast back with his answer. Is touching a raw nerve, is that is that maybe the right phrase Barry to use? Yeah, listen, he's, he's going to stand up for his players. Um, he's shown a bit of fire, he's shown a bit of passion. Um, he, he understands that they've no hit top for him. Um, but listen, the sign of a good team for me is when you're not playing well, Rob, they're still winning games of football. They've done that up at Dens Park. i never seen the game live. I've seen the highlights. Great goal they scored, Rangers. Good mm. team goal. Um, they're just no hitting top for them, but they're winning games of football. So, look, I don't mind interviews like that. He's showing a bit of passion. He's firing back and he's sticking up for his team. And Barry's absolutely right, of course. You just look at the results. I think they've lost one of their last 10, Davey, Rangers, and that was Lyon, yeah. a top team at Ibrox. So it's actually a, it's actually a really encouraging run of results. And, and there is so much more to come. Well, I, I think the results are encouraging. I think the, the performance is much less so. Mm. And there was a bit of a contradiction there for Steven Gerrard because he, 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 fell a, 
He had a nip at whoever was, was asking him the question um, for comparing the current Rangers to the Rangers of last season. That's a natural comparison. Yeah. Supporters will, will do that. And he also said at the very end, he said, I know there's more to come. So he's admitting himself that Rangers aren't quite at their best. They're, they're, they're quite a way short of their best, I would suggest, at the mm. moment. Uh, and it might come. Uh, I still say they won't get what they got from that group of players last season, this season. But uh, he's right. I mean, he's top of the league. Celtic don't look anything resembling a threat at the moment. And, and you know, Rangers already are looking good for the title. It was a bit, Barry, I was there at the weekend uh, actually commentating with your brother and uh, it was a bit like a performance of two halves from Rangers because midfield to front, they were sparkling at times and as you say, it was a it was a top draw goal that, that they scored and they did look good going in that direction but really sloppy defensively and I must have, the, the, the unforced errors at the back must have gone into double figures in the game and, and obviously they got lucky because uh, Jason Cummings missed a penalty Yeah, and that's why people are comparing last season defensively if you look at them they were rock solid um, especially at home and away from home if I'm being honest with you um, going forward I think they're still going to create chances they're still going to score goals um, just defensively they've not been as solid as they were last season Yeah he spoke about Covid today as well, and and the, this continuing pressure um, of testing that goes on, and um, you're never quite sure they're testing twice a week, and game to game, um, you're never quite sure what you're going to find out next about who's unavailable for for whatever the game may be. Here he is. I just find that it really hard to find a, a settled team. Um, you know, Andrew mentioned that we're not uh, full of life at the moment. Um, the team's changing a lot whether that be an injury we've picked up or from the first day of the season when we've reported back, we've had numerous COVID situations where it's been hard to pick the same team and try and find your rhythm and your cohesion um, and give people time to play together. It's been really difficult to pick a, a settled team. And I don't think it's going to be the case where we can find that settled team moving forward because the amount of games is, is one issue where you're always naturally going to pick up a knock or two. And... The COVID situation hasn't gone just because outside life's improving and changed back to close to normality. Inside, we're still testing a couple of times a week. So at any given moment, you can be through a curveball. How big a factor would that be, Davey, um, in what hasn't happened for Rangers so far? That that failure to yeah. find the settled team? It, it, it might be, Robin. You know, I've got to hold my hands up because I, I tend to forget that these players are still subject to all these COVID protocols that you and I largely um, don't have to bother with now that we're double-vaxxed. And it must be difficult. And, and even, even trying to keep the players apart because of this close contact situation through which you can be ruled out as well. Um, it must be horrendous. I mean, Barry, you're, you're obviously in the middle of it. Aloha, it must be horrendous. Yeah, every manager's in the same situation, David. We, I can't pick a team on a Friday night or a Thursday night because we've got to send our a result, a test result in by 11 o'clock in game day. Now I'm waiting for that 11 o'clock then five past 11 to get the go-ahead that my players are um, have returned a negative test. Um, I've had it what, out of the eight league games now, six league games, we've had a number of positive tests on game day. So you can't pick a team. All the managers, all the clubs are in the same situation. Um, can't get that regular 11 or strongest 11 that you would want to pick every single 
every single week or in training I like to pick my team on a Thursday night now I've had to change it I can't pick a team can they share and a I, car Barry after training or no, they've they got, they got to keep them to, apart yep, and... yep they're not allowed to car share that's one of the one of the things that we've been, been asked not to do um, and also we are we, we test before training on a Tuesday and a Thursday so I ask you guys as soon as they finish work they have got to send their lateral flow test in and again you can't set a training session up until you get the exact number so I'm waiting to half five six o'clock to get the results of negative and positive tests coming back How big a factor do you think it is for, for Rangers that, that what he's talking about Not there Not just Rangers I no, no, and it's, it's everybody but, yep. but does does that go a long way to explaining why Rangers are failing so far to hit the levels that they hit for a fair chunk of last season yeah well if you look at last season they'd have settled 11 mm. for the vast majority until I think it was the last couple of months when Tavernier got the injury in the Europa League game when Nathan Patterson came in he had a real settled 9 or 10 players uh, Rob but mm. I, I understand where he's coming from but it's not just Rangers and, and Steven Gerrard it's every single club at this moment in time um, are going to have a an unsettled squad because you, you can't pick a I say it will start in 11 because of COVID. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all relative though, isn't it? The feedback because Rangers can point to the fact they're in the League Cup semi-finals and they're, they're yeah. top of the league. And But you look at Celtic, 10 points out of a possible 21 in the Premiership so far, drop points again at the weekend at home to Dundee United and there's plenty flack flying the way of Ange Postacoglu. Uh, to be honest, I... I, I... The only thing that I don't sort of like and is the condescending nature of the questions that somehow I don't understand that if we don't win games of football, I just understand the magnitude of the football club um, that somehow I'm in charge of this sort of rebuild and I've got no idea what's what the ramifications are if I don't get it right. And maybe that's the intent. Maybe people just want to be condescending. Um, you know, that's 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 up to them. In terms of pressure or criticism or scrutiny, that's fair enough. That's, uh, you know, that's what people uh, uh, who are passionate about the game will do when, when they analyse a team. And um, I've got no issue with that. In terms of calling it early, um, yeah, I see no reason why you'd be declaring somebody a champion in September when you've got 30-odd games to go. Do you get that, Davey? Has, has there been a lot of condescension towards Ange Postecoglou? I, I think we're all guilty of it, Robert. I think we do tend to think that Glasgow is the epicentre of the of planet football. <laughs> and it's maybe not. Um, and I get where he's coming from. He's basically saying, look, I'm a time-served manager. I understand the job. I understand the pressures. Uh, he maybe doesn't understand what's coming his way if it really does go pear-shaped. But he's, he's an experienced football man. He, he, he's, he's bright. I think he... He, he knows what the job's all about and he knows what he's up against. You know, he's been dealt a very poor uh, hand of cards. He knows he's got a real tough struggle ahead of him. And he fronts up, doesn't he? And I think he gets a lot of credit for that, Barry, as well. That, that there's, you know, he's not one for hiding. Yeah, that's one thing you can say about him. He, he comes out and he speaks and he speaks very well, if you're asking um, myself. I, I enjoy listening to him. Um, and I, I'm sure before he took the job, he would have known the, the pressures he was under pressure that's a club like Celtic or Rangers the expectations are you have to win every single game you play in if you draw it's not good enough if you have a defeat it's an absolute disaster that's just the way it is 
in the west of Scotland, I'm afraid. Barry Ferguson, David Proven, Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show on a Wednesday. Join us uh, for the football conversation 0808 1717 700. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. It's 5.24 on the Go Radio Football Show on a Wednesday. Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson, Davey Proven at your service. 0808 17 17 700 if you want to talk football with us and plenty to talk about. Not that we'll be saying too much more about this story today. Uh, Dundee striker Lee Griffiths has been charged with excessive misconduct by the Scottish FA after apparently kicking a flare on the touchline. Uh, Griffiths apologised after the, after the incident during the League Cup quarter-final defeat by St Johnston last week before being charged by Police Scotland in relation to what they said was culpable and reckless conduct. The on-loan Celtic striker has also been charged with bringing the game into disrepute and not acting in the best interests of the game. The case will be heard at a hearing on Thursday the 14th of October. When asked about the charge at his media conference today, uh, James McPick, the Dundee manager, uh, said it's an ongoing investigation. There isn't much I can say, and there's not much we can say about that uh, either. We're talking about uh, Celtic and Rangers in Europe tomorrow night, of course, as Sparta Prague against Rangers is 5.45 tomorrow. It's one of those double-headers again, and it is Celtic against Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, that is an 8 o'clock kickoff in the East End of Glasgow. We're also looking back on that squad named by Stevie Clark yesterday uh, for the two upcoming World Cup qualifiers for Scotland. It is Scotland against Israel a week on Saturday. It's a 5 o'clock in the evening kickoff. Great news that it's sold out, that game. Yeah. Um, and the Denmark game apparently has got the sold out signs going to be outside Hamden as well, Barry, for that one. So uh, that's great news, isn't it? Oh, brilliant news. Um, look, I'm sure when the squad get named, the players um, will be absolute buzzing um, to be ready and hopefully get selected in that starting 11. Now, a full house, Hamden, um, not had it for a long time. Um, and bring it on, but it's a big game, Israel. Hopefully, the the boys can do the country proud and I'm sure they can because I can see he's getting maximum points. Scotland-Israel, eh? Just for a change. Oh. We've only played them about six times in the last yeah. couple of years. Uh, Scott McTominay is back in the squad, Davey. Um, will he, would he be back in your starting 11? I, I think he would be. Uh, I think he would be in a back three and that, that would be really sore on Jack Hendry who has done nothing wrong at all and who has improved immensely as a player to the extent that he got his big move in, in, in Belgium. Um, McTominay, for me, is a stick-on to play in the back three. I think just think the ball he gives you out of the back, that composure to build the game. A lot of, lot of centre-backs, I think at times, panic, kick the ball away they're facing and they just give possession away. McTominay, even under pressure, usually picks a pass that, that, you know, that, that starts a counter or that gets the team up the pitch. And yeah, he, he would be one of the first names on, on my team sheet. I take it that's working on the basis that um, that Callum McGregor is fit to play. Yeah, because, yeah. because if he wasn't fit to play, then I guess McTominay would go straight in there. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's taking a chance. He's naming, he's naming Callum McGregor, he's naming Stuart Armstrong. Mm. You've just got to hope they're fit. Um, Stuart Armstrong can't possibly be match fit. But um, it, it's a terrific game to look forward to. It's certainly not a gimme. We no. know enough about Israel, the front two... Um, and the little boy Solomon 
and Manor Solomon, t- t- yeah, t- terrific player. So mm. it's not it's not a gimme, but it's it's one to look forward to. There's so much at stake now. I'm an Aaron Zahavi who's uh, <sighs> who just scores goals for fun. I mean, he's got some. He's got an absolutely ridiculous strike rate at the age of 34, hasn't he? Um, I mean, he will be marked down as danger number one. They, they are dangerous in the forward areas, Israel. No doubt about it. Um, but in terms of Jack Henry, I mean, I watched the highlights last night against. They had a great result, Bruges over in Leipzig. Yep. Um, I watched the previous game against PSG. He's what was playing, that one? Was that a draw? They drew yep. drew with PSG. He's playing he? top level football, mm. Jack Henry, um, and he's he's looking the part. If I'm being honest with you, so I think it would be hard on him, but. I agree with Davey. I think McTominay would be that pick in front of him in a back three. I like McTominay there. He's, he, listen, he can play central midfield. We've seen that for Man- Manchester United. But for Scotland, I think McTominay's been a, a standout. But it would be hard on Jack Henry. Yeah, it wouldn't be the message ideally you would want to send out, would it? That, that no. somebody like Jack Henry is developing both for club and country. Um, but you, you, he gets the elbow because Scott McTominay is back and available. Mm. I, listen, I, I could be getting ahead of myself here, Rob. Maybe, maybe Scott McTominay will play in midfield. I, mm. I, I don't know, but I think Gil, Gilmore's going to play it. Let, let's, in fact, let's piece piece together our team because I, I guess it doesn't really take an awful lot of piecing together. The, the three does midfielders it? for me is Callum McGregor. If fit, Callum McGregor will play Billy Gilmore and John McGinn. That's the three for me, Davy. Yeah, I can't. I, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. And and the back three would be McTominay, Hanley, and and Tierney. Yep. Um, it's a sore on thing for Xander Clark to be left out of the squad. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I I don't know I don't know why Steve's done that because probably wouldn't have played anyway. And yeah, I'm not sure it was entirely necessary. That uh, well, that's what I mean. I, yeah. I, you know, I think he could have kept him and kept his involvement. I don't think John McLaughlin would have been um, in tears at the, no. the idea. Um, I think he would understand that, that mm. Xander Clark earned his chance and. Didn't do anything to be left out, wouldn't it? No. I mean, maybe he should have saved the penalty from Martin Boyle at the yeah, weekend. He got a good hand to it. But, but actually, his, his, his form overall has been outstanding for St. Yeah. Johnston. La- last season, I think he was a big part. He, he won in that double. Um, some great saves. Obviously, the famous coming up for the corner at, at Ibrooks um, and, and helping St. Johnston to the victory there. But Xander Clark's a, a goalkeeper that I think deserved the call-up, Rob, if I'm being honest with you. He's, he's done really well over the last two or three seasons. He's been a, cons- a consistent performer, so I think he'll be badly disappointed that he's not been named in the squad. So Craig Gordon's in goals, obviously. Are we agreed on uh, Dykes and Adams up front for Scotland? Is that is that going to be the way I like it is? the two of them. I think it's a real strong double act. Um, I think two of them work really well together, powerful. Um, the only thing you can maybe say is do they score enough goals, but for me... I really like when uh, when Stevie Clark plays the two of them up top. I think they're a real danger. And who's, actually, your, who's your right back? That's the thing. Well, that right wing back. Yeah. 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 That yeah. that that. I mean, that is a, that is a dilemma. Yeah. What? So who is it, Davy? <laughs> well, I mean, some managers would tell you that you know Nathan Patterson is not playing enough first team mm. football. He's I, played I was, sixty-two minutes. I, I, I think. Still play him. I love him. I, I think he's. I think he's fabulous. Yeah. Um, no harm to Stephen O'Donnell, but I think. Nathan, Nathan Patterson is the, is the future. He's the present and the future, I think. Mm. And, and don't be surprised if Stevie Clark sticks with Jack Henry and McTominay doesn't play, maybe starts on the mm-hmm. bench. Steve Clark will not be scared to make that, that decision. But in terms of right wing back, look, Stephen O'Donnell's done terrific for Scotland. But if you're asking my opinion, I think we've got a fantastic full back or wing back, whatever you want to call him, and Nathan Patterson. So it's Patterson and Robertson. 
yes. for both of you as, as the wing backs. Uh, McTominay, Hanley, Tierney, probably the back three, but but maybe Jack Hendry does get the the loyalty vote. Craig Gordon and goals, Gilmore, McGregor, McGinn, yep. and uh, Dykes and Adams up yeah. front. Yeah, that's about life. it. It's a strong team. Very strong team. I love this from Stevie Clark at the media conference yesterday uh, looking ahead to that sellout game against Israel. I think the last few years have been pretty strange for everybody. Uh, yeah, it's been a little bit different. <coughs> Obviously, we didn't quite manage to fill them out when the crowds were coming in when I first took over. I think the fact now that we're, we're able to sell out a game tells you that the, the Scottish public certainly are, are engaging with this team, the squad of players. I, I said the last time that I love my players. I love what they do for the country. I love the way they, they approach the games. They, they try to be successful. And I think the fact that we've got a full house for, for this game, and I believe the, the Denmark game sold out as well. So that shows that the players are doing something right. He said it in Vienna, and he said it again. He loves the players. It's, it's great to hear him saying that, Barry, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I get the vibe when I, when I watch interviews with the players that they look forward to turning up and, and playing under him. Mm. Um, and he's created a real... Listen, I've not just got real good players. There's a real good spirit about that group. Even when guys are left out, you see them still supporting their, their, their teammates. So there's a good vibe about the place and it's brilliant. Listen, Hamden should be rocking against Israel. 52,000. The fans have not been in for a long, long time. I think the atmosphere will be electric, Rob. And it's time to step on and uh, and progress further, Davey, no, isn't it? Is. Because, you know, <coughs> the, the, there's a, you know, we're talking about Rangers this season and the fact they haven't hit the levels it's different for Scotland we're coming from a long way back yeah. here in terms of trying to build something but it needs another step forward yeah, doesn't it? Yeah and I think we can take it I think we can beat Israel he has to start with two up Let, let's say that mm. from word go he has to play two strikers because Scotland's best results including Wembley have come when you know we've, we've played with two up and that, that was the, the real problem um, against the Czech Republic in the in the first game in the Euros, you know, playing with one up at Hamden. Jinky's got over that now. Well, I I, th I think Steve probably maybe realises himself that at times mm -hmm. he's been too cautious, and and any time that we play with two up, I think we look a better team, more dangerous team. Yeah, I mean, one helps t'other. It is a good partnership, that isn't it, Dykes and Adams, because of the the way they play. Yeah, and one thing about both of them, the, their work ethics, brilliant. The two of them work really hard and. The more they play with each other, Rob, the better connection they'll get. And I just think we look a, a more dangerous team with both Dykes and, and Shea Adams up top. It's Stevie Clark on the significance of the game. It's the same significance as the, the game against Moldova, the game against Austria in the, the last camp. The, the next two games are, are big in the context of trying to get the second place in the group. So Israel first will be a, it'll be a tight game, I would imagine. We, we've played them quite a lot recently. Uh, we know each other well, so hopefully a good game. Great to see the tickets have sold out for the for the game. Full House at Hamden will be will be my first experience of being head coach with Full House here, so I'm looking forward to that. And that's what you want, isn't it? You want Hamden to be a scary place for any team turning up. You don't want them being comfortable. Yeah, I, I've played, and I'm sure Davey's played at Hamden when it's been half full. It's an eerie atmosphere. Um, but I, I've played in games when when it's been absolute rocking. And I'm sure the, the players, I mean, it's been a long time. You hear Stevie Clark, he's never played in front of a full house as national coach. I'm sure he'll be desperate. And I'm sure the players, that's what you want to do as a footballer, Rob. You want to play in front of full stadiums. As I say, it's been a long time since the Scotland fans have all been in 52,000. So 
I'm sure the atmosphere in that Saturday is at a quarter past five kickoff. Five o'clock. Right? Five o'clock. Uh, yeah. I'm sure it'll be absolute rocking. Have many managers, Davey, told you they love you? At Clarmore uh, International They've told level. me the opposite a few times. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not quite in no, those terms either. No, I, I, don't, I don't remember that particular expression, but I get what he means. Mm. Uh, I, I get what he means. Um, You've got to remember, they, these boys, you know, most of these boys, they, they don't have to. Um, you know, they're, they're all wealthy, wealthy boys. They, 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 they come up here, it's not for the money, they come up here because they love, mm. they, they love the country, they love the connection with their supporters. And I think there's a real connection now between the, the Tartan Army, if I can call them that, and the team. And I, I think that was missing for, a, for quite a yeah. while. I think it's coming back now. What was missing as well was the desire to join up with the squad. Because when things are going badly, there's no doubt the excuses come out of the cupboard, don't they? But, but at, right at this moment, Barry, everybody wants to be there. Well, I, I, I think if you look at since Steve Clarks took over, um, Barnett being bad injuries everybody turns up and that shows me that the guys enjoy being in the camp because Dave will tell you it's, it's hard being away for 10 days sometimes when you're just training lunch back to your room um, it becomes boring at times But even worse now Barry with, with, yeah, with, the, COVID. with, the, with the Covid you know, we'd, we'd sit and play cards or, uh, or when we had a bit of downtime we could sit and have a beer but I mean, now you can. It must be yep. really so, difficult for these boys. Credit to the boys. They're desperate to turn up. And I think that's shown with the performances. Um, take away the first half against Denmark where I was worried when it went 2 nothing. It could have been 3, 4 or 5. They showed a bit of character about them in the second half and two great results um, against Moldova and Austria. Um, and credit to them. And I, I think the boys are desperate to turn up and are desperate to play for their country and I agree with what Davis says I think there's a good connection now between the players and the fans I'll ask you the same question I asked Davy. has any manager ever told you they loved you or or the other the other side of that question would be which manager with which manager did you have the closest bond Um, it's a hard one Paul Leguin, it's got to be Paul Leguin. <laughs> Do you know what? I was just waiting for you to say that. <laughs> um, no, I don't think they've told me they've loved me. They've, I think they've told me they've liked me. Um, but who did you feel closest to then as a manager? Probably, I'd probably say Dick Advocate and Alec McLeish. Mm -hmm. I remember honestly, that was the two um, that I felt a real close bond um, with. But I agree with Davey. I had a few managers tell me the, the polar opposite of... Uh, I love you, um, but <laughs> that's just part and parcel of football. So many big games coming up for Scotland. Every game's a cup final. I think when it's when you get into qualification for a World Cup finals, uh, you want to do as well as you can. So you have to pick up points in every single game. Uh, there's no other way to look at it. Uh, I think I think every game when you you're playing for your country or you're managing your country is should be treated like a cup final because you always want to do well for your country. So here's the squad: Gordon Kelly, McLaughlin. Uh, the goalkeepers, Nozander Clark, uh, Cooper Hanley, Hendry, McKenna, O'Donnell, Patterson, Robertson and Tierney are the defenders. Uh, Armstrong, uh, Davey was talking about Stuart Armstrong being back in the squad. Presumably, Stevie Clark reckons he's going to get some game time uh, this weekend. Uh, Lewis Ferguson, Barry's nephew, is in there. Again, Billy Gilmore, John McGinn, Cal McGregor is named. Kenny McLean, Scott McTominay and David Turnbull. Strikers, Adams, Christie, Dykes, Fraser, and Nisbet, does that sound like a good squad to you, Barry? Yeah, strong squad. He, he's kept 
the the same squad as um, the the triple header. Apart from obviously the changing the goalkeeper situation with Xander Clark coming out and, and John McLaughlin. I don't know if what, what you were thinking. I'd been watching, uh, not watched them live, but I've watched maybe four or five games and highlights. And Tony Watt, mm-hmm. I think he's he's impressed me. He scored scored a few goals. It's the fittest I've seen Tony Watt. It's the most happiest I've seen him. I think he looks settled. He's at a club that I think suits Tony and Tony suits Motherwell. And I thought there may have been a chance that he may have got a call-up. Um, Funnily enough, I mentioned that on the show last night because with Hugh from Lanark, who's a Motherwell fan, he was mm-hmm. phoning and Nav's asking him whether he thought that Tony Watt was edging mm-hmm. towards a, a, a place. I mean, it's, it's, it's great for Tony Watt that we're having the conversation, Davey. Yeah, yeah, I mean... He's certainly playing well enough, but I mean, is Lawrence Shankland out of the picture completely now that he's going to Belgium? Or um, I suppose he's waiting. Stevie Clark's probably waiting for him to settle down, yeah. to play, to progress. Um, maybe giving him a chance to to, to concentrate yeah, on I mean, club you, football you, you, at the you, moment. You've got three. You've got Dykes, Adams, and Nisbet's the, mm. the fallback at the moment, isn't he? Yeah. Um, after that, Shankland, Tony Watt would certainly be a good show. And I'd listen. I'd be delighted for him if if he if he did crack it. I know he's been in Scotland squads before. Um, I think he's a bit more mature now. Maybe he realises that he doesn't have, you know, a, an awful lot of time left in his career. He's not. He's not a twenty-one-year-old anymore. He's mm. got to make the most of it, and we've, we've, he's got to realise that potential because there is huge potential there. Well, he's just impressed me. I, I just think Tony Watt over the last two, three, four years, he's had that many moves. He's never really settled and. Davey will tell you sometimes you get a club that, that suits you and he looks happy to me uh, and when you're happy mm. you tend to play um, well and I've been impressed with him I, I think he's um, he's shown a bit of maturity as David just mentioned there maybe he's grown up and realised that he needs to play week in and week out and he looks really fit and he's scoring goals so I thought it may have been a shout um, maybe it came a bit too early but he just needs to continue that form and you never know down the line He's in a happy place and what a start to the season Motherwell have had. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Defeats for both Rangers and Celtic on match day one in the Europa League. Uh, Rangers losing at Ibrox against Lyon who looked a really good team. Celtic were two up in Seville against Real Betis before going down 4-3 in that game. So it all means that uh, the pressure is on for them both. Uh, tomorrow to try and get something from their respective matches on on match day two in the competition it's Sparta Prague against Rangers 5.45 in the Czech Republic tomorrow 8 o'clock for Celtic and Bayer Leverkusen we heard earlier on in the show from uh, the Celtic manager Ange Postecoglou just holding out a little bit of hope about players coming back after injury big players coming back after injury the captain Callum McGregor the top scorer Kyogo Furuhashi and uh, well, one of the more recent signings, and it's incredible. He hasn't made a debut uh, so far. Georgios Jakumakis, the Greek international striker, but maybe there's a debut on the way for him. Here he is, the gaffer, expanding uh, on th- that trio's chances of making it back. There was uh, zero possibility all three will start tomorrow. Um, you know, is there a possibility they'll get some game time tomorrow? Yes, there is, but again, I. I just got to be careful that, you know, we we just got to make sure, like I said, they train today. We've got to make sure, see how they pull up, see how they feel. You know, we'll have, we'll have a chat to them. Um, you know, I'm keen to give them some game time before the break. Um, obviously, Cal's going away with a 
Scotland team, uh, Kyogo's been selected in the Japanese team. So, um, you know, we need to sort of assess where they're at. So getting him some game time makes sense. And, and with George, just because he's had an interrupted preseason, we certainly got to be careful about his introduction. But keen to get him some game time, whether that's tomorrow or Sunday, we'll see. I know you were a bit taken aback, uh, Barry, when you heard that clip earlier um, about Kyogo uh, heading away with Japan. He's missed five games for Celtic already. Uh, he's going to be away on international business. Lots of travelling uh, added into everything else. Um, raised eyebrows about that one? Yeah, yeah I'm surprised. Look, I think he's going to be involved in the squad tomorrow night, or if not tomorrow, Sunday. He's too big a player to risk for me. Um but listen, that's something that the manager will make that decision. I know he wants to, he wants Kyogo to have game time. Um, but for me, you run the risk with all the travel, going away on international duty. He's not doing the training that Foster Coglu will do. Um, so I, I think it's, I think it's a risk. But he makes the decisions. Would that have been built in, David? Do you reckon to the negotiations when he signed? So it sounds like it to me. It sounds as if the player really wants to play for his country. Um... I mean, it's a it's a really awkward one for for Postecoglou. I'm sure he'd much rather he, he stayed at home and built his fitness up. But it's a bit like the you know the clubs in England who lose players to the African Cup of Nations. Rob, mm. um, you, you know when you sign these boys, you know that they're, they're they're going to be on international duty. And, and Celtic been known when they when they signed them that, that he was going to be back in Japan on a semi regular basis. So you know there, there's no point in moaning about it now. I know you gave your thoughts earlier on in the show, but that's just a slightly more expansive answer from him uh, about the three of them. Uh, when you try to read between those lines, what would you reckon tomorrow night? Is, is Bench the best for any of I'm, those three? He would love to have McGregor. I know that. Of the three, I think he would love to have McGregor because this is going to be a real test for Celtic. Um, and I, I hope I think it's going to be a test for Postecoglou as well because... I think it's fair to say, from what we've seen of him so far, he he's an idealist. He believes football should be played a certain way, but I think you can only do that when you have the players to play a certain way. And if if he opens up and, and tries to slug it out with this team tomorrow night and Celtic were to lose heavily, I, I, I think he would deserve any criticism that, that he gets. I, I think he's, he's got to look at the opposition tomorrow and find a plan B. So sometimes you've got to be respectful of what you're coming up against. You're coming up against a, for me, a Champions League team. And if you open up the way that Postecoglou uh, likes to play, I think they could win for a, a, a long night. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to sit in and contain, even if you're at home. You've got to be honest with yourself. Sometimes you're coming up against a better team. That's the way that most managers would go about it. But look, Postecoglou's got a certain way of playing and I don't think he's going to change it. And here he is on tomorrow's game. We want to take it to them and, and they're going to certainly take it to us. So we're going to get tested and uh, yeah, hopefully it's a, it's a great sort of game of football for our supporters to to sort of get excited about. And, you know, hopefully we uh, we play our part in it. I wonder if anyone bothers at a media conference anymore to ask him the question, are you going to sit in tomorrow night and try and, try and protect and contain? And you're wasting your breath. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be, it'll be fascinating to see how he sits the team up tomorrow night and whether they lead with their chin because if they do lead with their chin they, they could get a, a, a sore one. Um, he's got to be reasonably cautious. When you're playing a, a, a team that has better players and are well into the season, Celtic are a jigsaw at the moment that he's trying to put together. Uh, it'd be crazy to open up tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm thinking about Starfelt and Carter Vickers at the back 
um, who don't look the steadiest pairing, to be honest. Celtic do look vulnerable, don't they, defensively. Uh, tomorrow night, it's probably going to be Patrick Sheik up front, uh, who scored five times at the Euros for the Czech Republic. Um, and the new wonder kid of, of German football, yeah, Florian Wirtz, who's the youngest ever at the age of 18 to score 10 goals in the Bundesliga. Yeah, I mean, the, the two players you've just mentioned there are, are, are top quality, dangerous players. Um, in terms of the, the the back two that you just mentioned, their Celtics back two, it's going to take a bit of time for them to get used to each other. They're still a new pairing. Um, but, listen, I, I think if they open up, they could be... Uh, it could be a tough night for Celtic because they're, they're not just they're not just the two players you mentioned. They're throughout the full Bayern Leverkusen team. There's quality and there's players that can hurt you. Some Celtic fans have made up their minds already, haven't they, about about Celtic defensively? Not so much Cameron Vickers, maybe Carter Vickers, maybe more Carl Starfelt, who's now probably what will he have played? He'll probably be in double figures by now in terms of yeah. games, Davy. I would think, um, and and maybe enough. Opportunity so far to make a judgment on him? Uh, well, I, I, I think so. Um, I, I just, I worried about him from day one, Rob. You know, the, the first European game where he was been caught with the ball over, you know, they were talking about Shane Duffy being caught under the ball last season. Starfelt was exactly the same. Now, I know he's right-footed and he's playing on the left side, but, you know, it, what was it, three million quid they, they paid for him? More, I, I think, think it was four. Was mm-hmm. it four? Mm-hmm. I think that, that money... Um, I think you're looking for a player that you can hang your hat on who can go straight into your team and improve it. And I, I wouldn't say he's necessarily done that. I watched the game against uh, Dundee United at the weekend and Celtic could have won it. It could have been another 6-0, to be honest. But, you know, they hit the bar three times in the, in the course of the game. There was some great attacking player, Jota, down one side and, and Abada down the other side. But it was such an open game. Dundee United looked a really good team actually in the game. They passed it really well up the pitch. You get when you're playing against Celtic, you get a chance to play. You get opportunities, Rob. And I, I was surprised that actually ended one each. It could have been mm. it could have been anything. Um Celtic obviously hit the, the woodwork on a number of occasions. But Dundee United had um opportunities as well. But that's what you're going to get when you play against post the Coglu's Celtic. They're, they're they're wide open, they're expansive. And if you can find a the areas um, in between the midfield and the, the back um, two especially you're going to get opportunities to score against them but it's going to be a big crowd lots of noise yeah. behind Celtic uh, tomorrow night and obviously his first experience of, of a home game in, in you know in the group stages the, in the, Europe the, the big crowd is, is terrific because you get so much energy from a big Celtic Park crowd it can go against you though you know if, mm. you're, if you go 2-0 down after 10 minutes yeah. or 20 minutes and the crowd start to turn, that's when it gets really difficult. And that's why I think he has to be reasonably cautious. He has to set the team up. Cautious? Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 well, I, I could be completely wrong about the guy. But if, if, if Celtic open up tomorrow night and, and lose by two or three, um, I, I think he'll deserve everything that comes his way. Could it go the same way again uh, as it went against Real Betis and two weeks ago in the last, the last game in Seville, Barry? Well, if you look at they went two goals up and they had the opportunity um, to score a third one um, before uh, Betis, Betis come back. And at that stage, sometimes I think you've just got to get to half-time and, and, and see the the game out. Um, but to go away against Betis and score three goals and come away back home with nothing to show for it, you've got to be disappointed. 
got to be something fundamentally wrong, Barry, when yep. you're losing four goals in 21 minutes. Yep, crazy. Uh, that's that's just not on. Did I get you right earlier, David? They were bad goals, Rob. Yeah. Some, oh were yeah. Bad goals yeah. to lose. Well, yeah. It, it, it just looks naive at times. That, that I think that would be the word that that strikes I think they're me. short of quality at the back. Yeah. I, I think they're short of quality. Um, I'm, I'm being told I'm being hard on on Stephen Welsh, who's what 21. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he's ready to go in and play every game. Uh, I hope he improves. He might turn out to be a, a terrific Celtic player. I don't think he was he was ready for the number of games he was asked to play earlier this season. Starfelt, I'm not convinced about at all. Um, Carter Vickers, he's been okay. Um, they really need Julian back. Yeah. it's uh, They're going to have to be ready tomorrow night, that's for sure. Celtic, it's a big game, isn't it, against Bayer Leverkusen, 8 o'clock, and it's uh, Sparta Prague against Rangers in the Czech Republic, 5.45. Another of those Europa League doubleheaders. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. We're in the midst of another big week of European football, talking plenty, of course, about Rangers and Celtic in the Europa. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, of course, games ongoing already tonight in the Champions League. Atalanta, nil-nil, uh, currently playing young boys. Zenit St. Petersburg, one-nil uh, up again already against Malmo. Uh, the team, of course, who ended Rangers' Champions League ambitions. Benfica Barcelona sounds like a good one tonight. Bayern Munich against Dynamo Kiev. Man United against Villarreal. Salzburg against Lille. Wolfsburg against Sevilla. Uh, and maybe the best of the bunch tonight, Barry Juventus against Chelsea. Yeah, that's the one I'll be um, tuning into. Um, Chelsea, for me, um, a lot of people might not enjoy watching them. Um, but I think they're a strong unit with some top players um, and I, I says at the start of the season I really fancied them to, to win the English Premier League and to go again um, far in the Champions League if not win it Thomas Tuchel's done an incredible job Davey hasn't he? Yeah, yeah and if you look at the quality of the you know the midfield um, Jorginho Mason Mount you can see why Billy Gilmer you know is probably better off having a season at Norwich where he's playing every week um, tough, tough league to call. I mean, I stuck my neck out for Man City, but wouldn't be surprised at all if Chelsea won it. Man City losing last night, of course, to yeah. uh, to PSG in Paris, and Lionel Messi got his goal. Yeah, I mean, it was a terrific finish. First goal was a great finish as well. Mm. Um, just uh, too much up front, PSG for most teams, haven't they? Yeah. Um, but it's, I think City will be annoyed. They never, they never really, never really got at them. Uh, you know. Silver, great chance, but yeah, yeah. I, I, dis- I was disappointed in City last night. Do you think no signing a number nine will come back and haunt them? Man well, City. I, I, this false nine, Barry. You, you'd need to explain that to me because it does my head in. I mean, given the choice of a false nine or a proper centre forward, no, you need a proper centre forward. I think so. Yeah. I'm listening. I'm a dinosaur. I, I put my hands up. I'm a dinosaur, but see this false nine carry on. Um, I get how it's meant to work. Midfielders going beyond, and he's trying. They're trying to move centre backs, but give me a give me a proper centre forward every day of the week. Barry, you're talking about watching that Juventus Chelsea tonight, but that's if you get off the phone from trying to sign up a couple of loan players. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a, a busy twenty four hours. Always trying to add, um, and the biggest thing for me in this league this year and. Uh, Alloa is a football club is having competition for places, Rob. Um, so hopefully we can we can add one or two 
to make us even stronger kick us on a bit Right, let's get back to Ange Postacoglu. Um, he's always a great listener, isn't he, at these media conferences? And today, of course, we've heard about him talking about uh, potential returns for key players uh, tomorrow night. And just talking generally, too, about the pressure at the moment um, after a series of pretty shaky results. Like I said, it's not, it's not a frustration. It's just like, I, you know, I, if, if the intent is to be condescending towards me and who I am in my career, then I guess they're they're uh, achieving their point. Um, I guess my, my point about all that is that I'm not going to change my approach because people keep talking about the fact that, you know, there's pressure and it's Celtic. I mean, I, I took that task on board when I accepted the position and I've been put in, I've been given the responsibility to rebuild a team that, uh, you know, hopefully will be successful, uh, not just this year, for years to come. And every decision I'll make is with that purpose. Um, but I don't do that, you know, um, living in some bubble where I, I don't realise that if it doesn't go well, that, you know, um, the responsibility won't lie with me. Um, I totally understand that. So why people will think that, um, as I said, that, uh, I mean, I, it's not, I don't think people think that. I just think, like I said, I think some people, not all, some people have been fair with their criticism scrutiny, but I think some people just want to be condescending towards me. They have been from day one. They probably don't think I deserve to be in this spot and that's fine. I mean, that's... Uh, it's kind of uh, neither here nor there for me. Hopefully he's got a hide like a rhinoceros to, <laughs> to cope with all the flack that, that comes with being uh, the manager of, of Celtic or Rangers. But it's clear when you listen to him that, that he's feeling it at times. Yeah, I, I think he's fed up being viewed as someone who's just come out of the dog and duck league. You know, he obviously feels he's earned the right to manage Celtic. I think he has as well. Mm. And, and there is an element, I think, in, in this city in particular of, of people thinking, you know, this this is the be-all and end-all. If you come to Glasgow, you're so fortunate to get an old firm job and, you know, it, it, it's liable to swallow you up if results don't go your way. But I, I think Postacoglu is, is big enough and ugly enough to handle it. Um, what, what I would say is that I, I think that there's a thin line between conviction and stubbornness. And I hope... I hope this philosophy has. I mean, I hope. I hope he's. I hope he's not going to stick with it. If he starts losing games two and two and three, I mean, he would be crazy to stick with it. That he has to have a plan B. Did I hear you right earlier on, Davy, when you said that you that the Europa League might have to be written off? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Listen, I, I the the supporters won't write the league title off, but I, I don't see Celtic running Rangers close this year. I think he has to be given at least two transfer windows. At least two. Whether whether he'll get the time, whether the supporters will will give him the time, because it's not directors who sack managers, it's no. supporters. I hope the supporters give him time to to see how 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 the guy can how how he can evolve. You know, if he's allowed to sign his own players, because of the players that were signed, I don't believe he saw many of them at all. I think you could argue argue that uh, Furuhashi was one he knew about mm. and he's been the most successful ironically so he's got to be given time but he has to have a plan B I worry that, that this idealism you know this we must open up and we must go forward against better teams you know you, you get us when you get a sore face Would the Celtic fans accept Barry uh, another trophyless season? No and, and not a club uh, the size of Celtic you've got to win trophies Rob plain and simple they, they've um They'll expect this squad um, to challenge 
for silverware, no doubt about it. But Posley Coglu strikes me as a guy that he's not going to change. Um, he's got a certain way of playing the game and he's adamant he's going to stick to that. Um, and it sounds uh, by going by his interviews that he's not going to change tomorrow night. He's going to go for Bayer Leverkusen, um, which could be... They could been for a long night because if they open up against them, they've got the quality players that can it can sink you. And domestically, are we living in the real world if we think about a situation where it's okay for Celtic not to win anything this season so that he gets another couple of transfer windows and that the, the rebuild is on and there's progress, but there's nothing in the trophy cabinet? I, I think he will be given time. I, I think as a manager, he's only had one, one, uh, one window. Um, he'll need another couple January and next summer um, but he needs to start winning silverware that's the pressures that that come on top of you when you're at, a, at the old firm um, you're demanded to win games of football you're demanded to to win trophies and he knows that he's he's not a, he's not a daft man um, he's been a manager for 20 odd years he's experienced um, he's got a certain way of going about things but I do think they need to give him a bit of time um, to get things um, right. Challenging time, sure is. It is what it is. I mean, I, like we we are going through a challenging period, and I don't think that's um, me trying to paint some sort of you know bleak picture. It's just it's just the situation we're in. We we haven't really had a chance to settle since the beginning, really, because the first sort of the first phase we were bringing guys in and literally playing him without training. And then this second phase, we've been hit pretty hard with injuries. But you know, they, these things will happen during a season. You know, for, for some clubs, it happens at the start, others in the middle, um, others at the end. I mean, it's just, we just got to get through this period. And um, with the knowledge that, you know, when we do get everyone back on deck and, and, you know, because we're missing significant players, it's not just the injury. And we're missing significant players in certain areas of the park, which exasperates the problem because, you know, pretty well chronicled, particularly in the front third, that we, you know, guys like Jota and and, and particularly Liel have just been have to back up game after game after game, which is not ideal. We're hearing plenty on the show tonight from Ange Postacoglu ahead of Celtic Leverkusen and plenty from Steven Gerrard as well. Uh, Rangers in Prague to play Sparta both in the Europa League uh, group stages tomorrow night. But let's change direction on the show as we so often do and talk Scotland and that big double header um, coming up to former Scotland players uh, with me in the studio, Davey Proven and Barry Ferguson. And we've got Scotland fan John on the line as well. Hi, John. Even guys, how are you doing tonight? Hi, John. Yeah, doing, we're John? all good, thanks, John. Um, what are you thinking about that Scotland squad uh, named yesterday by Stevie Clark? Uh, and what are you thinking about these two games upcoming? Yeah, I, I wasn't overly surprised with the squad. Um, you know, there was a couple of players that came back in, like obviously Armstrong back from um, injury, and uh, obviously McLaughlin coming back into the squad as well, McTominay coming back in. Um, wasn't really surprised at that. Um, you know, I would have liked to have seen with great with Taylor being out um as as backup, I would have liked to have seen Hickey brought in to cover um the left back position. whilst I know that Tierney's in there with Robertson, let's be honest, Tierney's playing centre back first. Um so it'd be nice to have had cover, but you can't really argue too much with squad. These are two big games. It's not gonna be a, they're not gonna be games that we're experimenting in anyway. And 
Pharaohs will be difficult as well away from home as well as obviously the bigger one against Israel week on Saturday. I guess the dilemmas that, that we were broaching on earlier on in the show, uh, because a lot of the team pretty much picks itself, uh, would be what you do with Scott McTominay on the basis that Callum McGregor is fit and available, where you would play him, would you play him, uh, and who would you play at right wing back? What, what would be your answers, uh, John, to those questions? Well, I think McTominay will play right centre-back against Israel regardless um, because obviously Hanley suspended um, we need another ah. centre-back in there and I think Hendry will go to in the centre and, Hen- and McTominay will be right centre-back where he's also played before and if McGregor's injured as well um, Kenny McLean, who's left-footed um, will just slot into that role, I would imagine and right wing-back um, well, Pat Hassan hasn't played many games since that last Scotland game, unfortunately. No. Um, so, I mean, and the Donalds will just come back in the model team after injury. So, I would still say Donalds ahead in the queue. And the Donald, to be fair, again against Austria, had an excellent game. And how can you drop someone like that when he's been playing so well? But it's a good problem to have. Thank goodness you're on the show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to, to remind us that Grant Hanley is suspended. suspended as well. John, is there another player? It's not just Hanley. It's not Shea Adams, no? I think she. I think it's Shea Adams that's also suspended. Is that right, John? I thought it was just the one. I thought it was just the one player. I thought it was just Hamlet suspended. I think, I I think Adams know. is out as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's two players. I, I totally forgot about that. Um, Han, I mean, for me, Grant Hanley, if you think about mm. a couple of years ago, you get a bit, of, um, a bit of stick from the Scotland fans. I think he's been a man mountain at the back for, for Scotland. He'll be massive. He'll be yeah. a massive miss, but... That then solves the, the problem. Jack Henry plays and McTominay comes in at, at right centre-back. Jack Henry moves in one. And Nisbet up front, you think, beside Dykes? Yeah, I think he's got to go with two. Yeah, I would totally Shea Adams, that's a big miss as well. It's a big miss. I'm sure it is. Yeah, I'm it sure is. Shea Adams is. is missing through suspension as well. That's two, for me, big players. Does that affect your optimism, John? I didn't realise Adams was suspended. That is a bit of a blow because um, he was really good again against uh, Austria. Um, I have a feeling that if Adams is the one that's missing, I think he might play Christie in that attacking role. Um, or, or, I know that's not. Or Ryan Fraser. I mean, he quite likes yes, Ryan Fraser, Fraser, doesn't he? At times in that in that position, supporting the front. Uh, again, Rob, he's not Ryan Fraser. I know he's playing in the Premier League, but he's not many minutes playing with Newcastle. It seems to me if he comes off the bench and and plays for 10 or 15 minutes, but that is two big players, Hanley. I forgot all about Hanley being suspended, and obviously Shea Adams. Um, I don't know, that's a good shout John makes. Ryan Christie has come in and played as that second striker at times. And he's done well with Bournemouth, and from what I've heard um, since he's went, went down there, and he started the season there at Celtic before he even went to Bournemouth, so I wouldn't be overly adverse to Christie playing. I know he's not a natural striker, but um, he's he's done it well um, before, so I wouldn't be adverse that. Although um, I would I would have said Nisbet, but I don't think Nisbet's really hit the head on fire this season. Was it one goal in five games so far? It's not a wonderful return. No, that's true. Um, will you be there, John? Are you going to the Israel game? I'm going to the, the Israel game at Hamden. Yeah, um, me, my son, and my um, my sister has two kids and my mum so be a good occasion for that and hopefully we can get the victory played this earlier on um, it just really does get the passions going when you hear Stevie Clark talking like this as he did yesterday at the media conference I think the last few years have been pretty strange for everybody uh, 
Yeah, it's, it's been a little bit different. <coughs> Obviously, we didn't quite manage to fill them out when the crowds were coming in when I first took over. I think the fact now that we're, we're able to sell out a game tells you that the, the Scottish public certainly are, are engaging with this team, the squad of players. I, I said the last time that I love my players. I love what they do for the country. I love the way they, they approach the games. They, they try to be successful. And I think the fact that we've got a full house for, for this game, and I believe the, the Denmark game sold out as well. So that shows that the players are doing something right. Yeah, terrific. Um, such a, a close bond, isn't there? And and I guess, you know, Stevie Clark, the last thing he's going to do is panic uh, uh, because Hanley's not available and if, if Che Adams is, is suspended as well. Because the, the whole idea is that you've got a squad that understand the system, that understand the, the particular requirements of each position in that system, um, and that it all that they, it all slots in seamlessly, John. Yeah, that's it. I mean, um, we've all um, questioned the formation at times, and, and there've all been times where we question the manager's selection. I mean, I think his selection against Denmark, he got um, a little bits of that wrong, but I think he knows he got that wrong. And you saw um, that they changed at half time and. We played better second half. Yes, you can argue that Denmark won second gear second half, but no, we still played a lot better. Um, but no, I mean, um, again against Russia, this formation was um, and, and team selection was absolutely bang on. We put in a terrific performance away from home, got that signature result that we've not had for a, a long time. Um, probably going back to um, the France game, to be perfectly honest. So no, I mean, there's a good um, cohesion about the squad. Um, they're all confident in each other and it's probably a good thing they don't listen too much to the outside world because there's too many so-called football experts on Twitter um, and I might be guilty sometimes as well. Mm. But I mean, he, he seems the, the type of guy that, that he's happy Stevie Clark to put up his hand at times and saying, yeah, that was wrong. I, I did make a mistake. And, and, and he, he says it himself that he is learning to be an international team manager. Yeah, well, he did change it at half-time against Denmark and if you think back to Israel away... He changed the formation in the second half and we looked a lot more dangerous and for me we could have eventually got the win we never become away with a, with a point. Um, so I think if it, if it's not going right in terms of formation or tactics he's not scared to change it at half time. It would be good to think John that we can get this win at home to Israel build on what happened in Vienna and just get some serious momentum going. Yeah that's it. Momentum is the key thing. You know, we've got to um, it, it, it would almost be a waste of winning in Russia if we then lost at home to Israel. Um, and Israel are the, the sort of team that are better than what the FIFA rankings suggest, but probably not as good as what we think they are as well. And so I think we could have played better in all the games we've had against them. They are a dangerous team, but um, I think they're definitely beatable. Um, and I think if we bring our A game on the day um, at Hamden next week, then we can win. And no, they should have their tails up because that was a good win against a decent yeah. side last month. Sure was. John, good to have you in the show. Yeah, thanks again, guys. Cheers, John. Again Cheers, thanks John. a lot. That's a big doubleheader coming up for Scotland. A week on Saturday, Scotland-Israel at Hamden, five in the evening, followed by the Pharaohs and Tor Savin. That brings back uh, dodgy memories. <laughs> the colours yeah. just drained from Barry's face. <laughs> on my way home. Yeah, exactly. That's 7.45 the following Tuesday. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. So what are you up to tonight? You're going to be watching the Champions League, Juventus-Chelsea. That's uh, Barry Ferguson's choice 
uh, tonight. I've actually stopped asking Stephen Cragen on a Tuesday which Champions League game he's going to be watching because usually he comes up with Glenn Torren against somebody or other. <laughs> watching that. And no, surely not. You've got to be watching PSG against Man City, which was which was a good game last night. And uh, Lionel Messi got his first goal for the Paris club. Um, and it rounded off a 2-0 win for PSG against Man City, uh, heading, of course, towards tomorrow night's games as well in the Europa. Uh, Rangers in the Czech Republic to play Sparta Prague, Celtic against Bayer Leverkusen. So it's Barry and Davy Proven and Rob McLean on Wednesday's Go Radio football show. And we've got Declan with us as well. Hi, Declan. Hi, how are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Yourself? I'm good. Good to be on. Good, good. Well, good to have you on. Uh, what do you think? What are you thinking about the Celtic game tomorrow night? Um, I, can't, I can't lie. I'm nervous for the game. You know, <laughs> usually going into games at Parkhead with a full crowd, you know, it's, it's often spoke about, as you know, and you always have that slight glimmer of hope. But tomorrow night, I think that's one of the, well, it's one of the times where I've felt mo- like least confident going into the fixture. Like usually I've got a wee bit of confidence, but tomorrow I'm just mm. kind of dreading it. Just we're, we're so we're lacking everywhere, and uh, we're a bit deflated now. You know we've not won in three games, I think. So uh, it's possibly going to be damage limitation. But as I said, you never know. Hopefully we can do something, but I don't see it. Before we go any further, Davy Proven, tell us about a European night at Celtic Park and all that noise and all that passion and all that atmosphere well I mean the the, the stadium has, has changed so much Rob when I, when I played it was the old jungle mm. you know in the, in the enclosure the atmosphere was terrific but I would I would give my right arm to play in the current Celtic Park um, I, I think it blows the old ground out of the water um, some of the some of the European games particularly at the time when Martin O'Neill was there and it was Larson and Sutton and Hartson up front that Seville team mm. I mean, the atmosphere in the ground in those nights, and I think Lionel Messi actually said it was the, the best stadium he'd yeah. played in for atmosphere. Yeah. Um, so sure, yeah, in, in my day, there was there was loads of noise, loads of atmosphere, big crowds, you know, 65, 70,000. But the, the ground at the moment is is unbeatable for me. Do you share Declan's nervousness about tomorrow night? Yeah, I do. I mean, I I, I would hope that he will, he will, he will bend, um, that he will have a plan B. It sounds... Given the interview you've just played, that he is, he's gonna, he's gonna have a go. He's gonna open up, um, and like Declan, I'd, if, if Celtic do open up against a very good German side, then I, I think they could lose quite heavily. What are you thinking, Declan, about the news that uh, Callum McGregor's back in training, Kyogo and Jakimakis as well? The you would you would wonder about whether any of them are gonna gonna start tomorrow, but they're back in the frame, maybe on the bench, and and, and maybe starting on Sunday. Yeah, I think Kyogo and McGregor are obviously our main, our main players. But obviously, from what Anne said, I don't think they will feature tomorrow. I think he did say they they could, but and personally, I don't think they will. I think he'll be looking at the weekend as you know a big game because we really need to go to Petardry and get three points. There's no ifs or buts about it. Um, but it's just unfortunate they're coming back at this kind of time where they're not ready for Thursday because. You know, one thing I I was reading up earlier on that on on Leverkusen, and it's like they it's almost I know a lot of teams in Europe like to do it, but they like to pounce in the midfield almost and really put heavy pressure on. And from what I'm seeing from McCarthy so far, he doesn't like that at all. So that's what really concerns me. Um, 
I might have had a wee bit more belief had McGregor started because he does have that composure and yeah. real experience in these ties. But um, from what I'm kind of weighing up from the pros and cons, it, it doesn't look good. And, it, and it's it's unfortunate we don't have the two back because, you know, it's, it's really hard to see whether, you know, threat's going to come from. That That's an area of the pitch, Barry, of course, you know so well. Um, and it's an important area, isn't it, as Declan says, for Celtic tomorrow? Robert's engine room. Um, and for me, I look at both Rangers and Celtic. Rangers have got Stephen Davis. For me, Celtic, Callum McGregor. I think he's went up a notch or two since he's been given the captaincy. Um, I think he's been the real driving force. And he's the one player that I think Postacoglu would be desperate to get back. But I agree with what Declan said. I said that earlier on, I think if you ask the Celtic fans, the most important game for Celtic Sunday mm-hmm. against Aberdeen because they need to get back to winning ways in the league. Does that mean, Declan, that you write off uh, the European performance to an extent um, and, and and you would prefer to get back on track domestically? Yeah, as Barry said, Sunday's more important. Um, it doesn't mean necessarily that I'd want to write Europe off because prior to the group's been announced, you know, like, I always feel like a wee bit confident going into it just because when we're at our full, full strength, we can hurt teams. But um, if you were to, if you were to ask me and give me only one option on what game I would want to win, I would say Sunday. That would be the priority, yeah. Uh, let's have a let's listen to Ange uh, talking at his media conference, Declan, today about the sort of performance needed uh, by Celtic tomorrow night. I got to be careful how I answer this because I, you know, I, I, I like I said, I've seen things a lot differently. I know that. Uh, the narrative around us at the moment is that we're struggling, but in terms of our performances, then you know I, I don't quite see it that way. But um, that's just me. I, you know, I think we showed in the last game against Real Betis away from home against a quality team that you know we, we gave a good account of ourselves and played some great football and and dominated parts of the game. We didn't get the result, but I thought it was a fantastic performance. So we know we have that performance in us, and you know that's what we need to do um, tomorrow night. Just make sure that. You know, we we play our football as we have been, and, and be really positive about our intent, and um, and try and take it to a good opponent. He doesn't think uh, Celtic are struggling at the moment, Declan. Ten points out of twenty-one possible uh, in the Premiership so far. How would you describe it? Nah, I'd expect him to come out and say that. You know, he doesn't want to, um, you know, put a dent in the confidence of the players. But in my opinion, that's not good enough. I'm not saying it's necessarily his fault. I don't think it is. He's had one hand tied behind his back since he's came in. Um, but the reality of it is, when you manage either of the either one of the old firm clubs, you need to win every week. And we've not been doing that, so it's ultimately not good enough. He says, Davey, it's the wrong narrative, uh, Andrew Postacoglu. No, it's not. It's not. Celtic are struggling. Um, everyone can see that. Um, and, the, you know, the... The, the league position might be good enough for some other club, but it's not for Celtic. And I think this is where he's got to be careful because if he if he starts, you know, if he starts trying to kid people on, you know, by by saying you know everything everything's fine when clearly it's not, then he will lose his supporters. I think his honesty is one of the reasons that the the supporters have taken to him. Mm. He he's been upfront in just about everything he said. But he can't, he can't start uh, misrepresenting the team's performances by saying they're good when they're clearly not. Are Celtic fortunate, Barry, at the moment, 
to be only six points off the pace in the Premiership when you think they've won only three of their first seven league games? Yeah, well, you look at the last few games, uh, defeat against Livingston. Um, I watched the game and that's the poorest I've seen Celtic. Um, take away the excuses of the, the pitch, Celtic just weren't at the races. Um, and obviously dropping two points against Dun United. Yeah, they're lucky to be only six points. Yeah, Rangers dropped points last week against Motherwell. Um, so, they, yeah, they, they need to get back to winning ways. There's, there's no two ways about it. When you play at the, the old firm, you need to win. Um, however way you do that, whether it's good, bad or indifferent, you need to win games of football. When you hear Ange Postacoglu, Davey, talk, talking about um, the, the role of signings, there was a flurry of signings. It was panic buying to a certain extent yeah. because Celtic were in dire need of just having numbers in the squad. The trolley bus, uh, wasn't it? Apart, yeah, apart from anything else. That's been followed by injuries. They have been unlucky yeah. with injuries just because of the, the quality of the player who, who's been out for them, the likes of McGregor and Kyogo. But, but Celtic could surely have foreseen all this. You do get injuries. We, we are living in the midst of a pandemic. COVID's going to hit as well. You ain't going to have your first choice all the time. And, and Celtic's squad has been found wanting, hasn't it? The, the, you know, Mikey Johnson came off the bench at Livingston. That was the only attacking player they had to try yeah. and find a goal. Uh, there was nothing much to, to improve the team at home to Dundee United at the weekend. That, that's why I think he has to be given two, win two windows. And he needs a period of time where he works with a head of recruitment where he is party to the scouting system um, and has a good idea of, of what is coming into the club. I don't believe for a minute he he knew half the players who come in in the, the window. It was all happening so quickly. It was all about getting numbers in and, you know, before the window shut. Mm. I don't think he knew half of them. And, you know, that has left him hugely disadvantaged. He needs time. Whether he'll get it or not, I don't. I, don't, I really don't know. That, that's the sixty-four thousand dollar question here. Will he be given time if results aren't good enough? Um, not many in Glasgow get time. Um, yeah. And that that would be my concern because he's been dealt a horrible hand of cards here. You know, he himself had to isolate when he came into the country. Um, so short on players. Ayer sold before the Champions League qualifier. Um, he's a victim of the. Silly pursuit of Eddie Howe that, that left Celtic playing catch-up and still playing catch-up. You just need to look at their, their bench um, against Dun United. I've got it here. Welsh, Montgomery, Baines, a goalkeeper. Near, uh, beat on, normally plays centre-back. Um, Liam Scales. No striker. Just in the door from Charmrock Rovers. Yep. And young lad Moffat. Yeah. So, it's um, that's five defenders out of seven on the bench. Sorrell's a polled midfielder. Um, I'm not sure. I, I don't know if Declan knows. The, I don't know too much about young boy Moffat. He, he's um, a, I think he's a midfielder, isn't he? I, yeah, I think so I saw him pre-season, Declan, uh, playing in a couple, couple of games. He looks very promising, but but probably not one at the moment that you're going to rely, rely on to change the game. Well, that's that's one thing I would say about the weekend because I've been to um, a few of the B games this season. He's really lit it up. Don't get me wrong, physically he doesn't seem at the level that maybe he could be or just naturally he's maybe not at the level that you know he, he can go to but on the likes of Sunday I've watched him you know change games for the Bees albeit completely different level mm. right but I think in a game like that where no one's really creating anything besides Jota and the game needs changed you've got to bring him on and give him a chance to excel I've said it before with you know Tierney got flung in and he excelled and 
some of these players that are in the first team that are maybe called up from the youth team need that chance to really come up and show it because you never know they could come in hit the yeah. ground running like Tierney did maybe not to the levels but it's it's times like these when you're you're in a, a bit of a mess with, with depth that maybe it's good to give some of these boys a chance especially domestically What's your answer Declan to that question that how long does Ange Postacoglu get uh, to turn things around you know if it's going to be this way that that Celtic are having a little burst of wins and then a run of disappointing results where they are at the moment how how long do you give him in the job before you start saying it's this is not working from a personal point of view I think he needs six months to a year as David was saying I think he does need the other window he's you know he's came into the club with his hands tied behind his back he's essentially had to recruit a full new squad he's still going to need time to and I don't want to, you know, make this sound like an excuse, but he still does need time to let the the squad gel and get them playing together. With you know, the back four has been shuffled about. You know, albeit lately Starfield and Vickers have played, but the team is constantly getting shuffled because of injuries and and stuff like that. So I I don't think I'm not wanting to be harsh on him. The only thing I would say about him that's maybe negative would be his substitutions and his decision making late on in games. I think he changes it too late sometimes. And as I said, the likes of um, Sunday there, I think that he should have brought Moffat on because, you know, what what did we have to lose? The the boy's, you know, a talented player. He can maybe come on and potentially change the game. Who knows? But um, I don't think we can judge him from right now. I think six months to a year. But, you know, that could all change once if we get beat at Aberdeen and then, you know, Hibs coming up as well. So it's really hard to put a definitive time on it. Uh, Declan, are you worried at all that... um... He might just be a little bit too stubborn. He's, he's talking about opening up, you know, that he's not going to change his ways. And I'm sure you remember Brendan Rodgers uh, losing seven to PSG in Barcelona. I mean, do, do you not think he has to have a plan B on occasions, particularly at the moment when he's in the middle of a rebuild? Um, you've just said he needs a couple more windows. Most of these players, I'm guessing he didn't even see before they came into the club. Do you not think, given the circumstances, that he has to have a plan B and that he must change his footballing philosophy, if if you like, against better teams? Yeah, I think on the European level, he, he, he does. And I've, I said that about Rodgers as well. I think, you know, Rodgers was a fantastic manager and I think Ange is a good manager. But I think they can be tactically naive in Europe. And, you know, we can sit here, myself as Celtic fans, and say oh, he needs to change but I, I just don't think it's going to happen I think it's, it's something that we're going to need to get used to and you know it's it's, it's just one of them things like managers stick to their, their ways and that's just something we'll need to get used to as fans as I said Are you going tomorrow night Declan or, or watching on the telly? Yeah I'm going You're going? I'm going to the game Right and yeah. and what, what are you thinking? What I know you're nervous about it What what would be your prediction? If I'm thinking, you know, positively about it, I, I'd go for a two-each draw, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was 2-3-1 to buy a Leverkusen. Good talking to you. No worries, thank you. All the best. That's Declan.
Good to have him on the show. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. You were in full flow there, Barry. Yep. <laughs> I, I couldn't hear what you were saying, but uh, you were very animated and maybe just as well the microphone. It was down at that point, but it's up now. So, um, yeah, when you lose, I was going to say, when you lose on March day one um, in Europe, in the Europa League, as is the case for Rangers and Celtic at the moment, it really turns the pressure on for match day two. Uh, and that's where Rangers and Celtic are at uh, tomorrow night. Look going to get something on the board in their respective groups uh, Rangers in the Czech Republic to play Sparta Prague and uh, Celtic of course are at home to Bayer Leverkusen just heard from Declan there who's nervous heading along to the game tomorrow night at Celtic Park and hoping that uh, his team can get something out of that game and I think anything out of that game uh, would have to be a good result for Celtic against the team second currently in the Bundesliga, Rangers manager Steven Gerrard says he has no apprehension over Glenn Kamara in uh, tomorrow's Europa League game for Rangers against Sparta Prague after, of course, last season's fractious tie with the city rivals Slavia Prague. The match will be played in front of 10,000 children after UEFA relented on a stadium closure uh, following racist chanting by Sparta fans towards uh, Monaco's Aurelion. Churman men. Midfield uh, Glenn Kamara was, was racially abused, of course, in that Europa League last 16 tie by Slavia's Andre Kudela, with uh, the Czech player uh, given a 10 game ban. I think everyone involved in the game, um, we're always looking for improvements, we're always looking for the powers that be to step forward and show leadership um, on this topic. And um, we know it's not totally out of the game or eradicated, there's still more work and more education to be put in place and um, but in my position you can only talk and say certain things and push and um, support and it, it's for people who are in higher places than me involved in the game that can only make the difference in the change Yeah he's looking for strong leadership Davey good luck with that one I yeah, would suggest yeah. I mean until they start taking points off teams and th- then you're punishing the players I'm not sure what the answer is um, I mean they've been closing grounds for a long number of years now mm. But you only have to look at the Hungary-England game to see that it's, yeah. it's still rife. I, I'm not sure what the solution... If the, I'm not even sure if there is a solution to this. And what was the latest? What was a two-game ban and one of the games was suspended? I mean, yeah. that's that's just not uh, not something that, that's going to have any serious no. effect, is it? If you go onto the UEFA website and, and look at the punishments dished out for racist behaviour, um, they, they are so lenient, it's almost... Well, I was going to say comical, that would be the wrong word, but they're, they're, they're not really... They're not really. They don't really look as if they are serious about this. We just hope there's there's no repeat of what happened in that game against uh, Slavia Prague uh, last season. Um, you just hope uh, that that uh, the idiots are not going to be looking for more publicity. I hope so. Um, I remember watching the game. It was horrible. Um, I look at Glenn Kamara as a person and a footballer. I don't know him personally, Rob, but he's a cool, calm, collected guy. What I've seen of him. Um, and for him to react in that manner, um, it was disgusting. Uh, ten games, is it enough? David just spoke with yourself here. What do you do? Do you just ban them totally? I, I, I don't know. It's, I don't think we're ever going to get rid of it, which is sad. Um, but I hope tomorrow's night, uh, tomorrow night's game is just a game of football and there's nothing that happened previously. Here's Stephen Gerrard on injuries. Scott Arfield will, will come back into into travel with us, Stephen Kelly uh, will, will come back in and, and travel with us. They were both outside the squad. Robbie McCrory will come back in and travel with us. 
Um, but the injury situations, uh, as it was, nothing's changed. So could Scott Arfield be a factor, do you think, tomorrow, Barry? Yeah, he's got good experience, Scott Arfield. Um, that's one thing about him. Um, I think Stephen Davis will come straight into the starting lineup. He got mm. rested, Rob, at the weekend against um, Dundee. Two games, two games he's been rested for yep. now. Yeah. And Alan McGregor as well. Are you surprised yeah, about that one? I'm all surprised until Stephen Gerrard mentioned 10 days or so ago that he's had a niggly injury. Mm. So that suggests why Alan McGregor's not been playing week in, week out. Um, but I think Alan McGregor and Stephen Davis are not just top players, but they've got the experience of Europe. They too, certainly, for me, will come in and start the game tomorrow night. And don't be surprised if a player like Scott Arfield, with his experience, comes in and, and plays. Here's the Rangers manager on Sparta Prague. They played really well in, in Copenhagen. They maybe deserved uh, more than a draw. I think um, they were probably the stronger team out of the two. I think they're a very strong team, a very physical team um, who run a lot. And um, in the forward areas, they have a lot of technical players that can really hurt you, especially in the wide areas in 1v1 situations. I never like to mention individuals because I don't know what the opposition coach is going to play. Um, but I think we've seen last year and we've also seen enough this year to know that we're in for a real tough challenge. Two big games then for Rangers before the international break. Uh, of course, it's uh, first against second at the weekend, uh, but a big game firstly in Prague tomorrow night looking to make an impact in Europe. We're in a situation at the moment where we're just focusing on each game uh, as it comes because we've got a couple of injuries and 100% this COVID has not gone away. So you're still obviously waiting on tests to be negative to see who you've got available. It is very different for for us manage, for me as a manager and us as coaches. It, it is different. You're waiting till the last minute to see who who's passed to play, for example, and things can change pretty quickly. So we've noticed this season there can be a lot more curveballs through in. Um, but 100%, if you can find a performance at this level against a good, strong team like Sparta... I'm, I'm sure it can only benefit us, us moving forward. The, the only thing I'd say is there's only one more game left before we have a, have a break uh, in terms of the international break. So um, we've got two big efforts to give and then we can sort of regroup, rest and um, reset and hopefully have a few more bodies back when we come back after international. If you were offered a point tomorrow, would you take it, Barry? I think the message will be make sure we get back on the plane after the game um, with something i.e. a point listen three points would be brilliant but I, I think Rangers would take a point it's a tough place to go they're a good team they're a good outfit they've got some handy players mm. so look ideally three points would be great but I think they would be happy enough with a point Here's Ange Postecoglou on Leverkusen side of great pedigree and you know they're uh, got outstanding individual players um, you know within their set up they're fairly, fairly settled team not, not a lot of changes from last year and um, yeah, they're a quality team. They're one of the best teams in, in Europe and uh, they probably see themselves as a Champions League team. So in terms of favourites in the groups, though, like I said, you know, I think Batista are um, you know, a, a very good team. Uh, French Varos certainly um, you know, gave Leverkusen the contest in the first game. So um, you know, that'll all bear out over time. But there's no doubt quality opponent, quality footballers and a good challenge for us. It's guaranteed entertainment at the moment watching... Celtic, but not always for the right reasons, Davy. No, no, and I, I, you know, I think Declan summed it up there when he said that Sunday arguably is a more important game. Um, I'm, I'm not saying the Celtic supporters are writing off the European challenge, but 
I think they're looking at it realistically. These are really early days for Postacoglu. He's up against a top side uh, tomorrow night. Um, and But that's how you improve. You only improve by, by playing against better players and better clubs. So it, it's part of the learning curve for, for Postacoglu. There might be a... Maybe a couple of dunts he's going to have to take until he gets where he, where he believes it is, he's going to end up. He described them as a pretty much a Champions League team, Barry. So that tells you how tough it's going to be for Celtic. Well, if you mentioned Bayer Leverkusen, to most people you would you would say they're a Champions League team. They're sitting second in the, the Bundesliga. I know they're only um, is it eight games into the season there, uh, Rob. I'm not too sure. Six, just, I think six. six. Um, but they're listen. They're a quality team with quality players, and it's going to be. I think it's going to be a tough night for Celtic. Is it a night, Davy, when both teams? We probably said this actually on match day one that both teams would take a point that neither got anything on on match day one. I, I think Leverkusen will look at Celtic um, at the moment and and really fancy themselves to to come to Glasgow and win the game. Um, and I, you know, I don't think that would be an embarrassment to Celtic. I think everyone knows the problems that Celtic have right now. Very, very early stages of a complete rebuild. New players coming in, probably not identified by the manager. Um, and these are difficult times, not just for Postacoglu, but for the Celtic support, who I hope are going to find the patience to give this guy time. Does the Rangers team pick itself tomorrow night? Is it pretty obvious, Barry, what that lineup's going to be? Just what I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, Rob, I think both Alan McGregor and Stephen Davis mm -hmm. certainly come in. It's who plays in the middle of the part. Is it Aribo and, and Kamara or does Arfield um, come into that and you move Aribo, uh, shift them to the right-hand side, but the manager's done on a number of occasions this year. Um, but look, I, I think the vast majority, nine or ten players, pick themselves. And I guess the, the big dilemma for, for Ange Postacoglu tomorrow night is whether he goes with Callum McGregor to try and shore things up in that midfield area yeah I mean it's a horrible decision for a manager because he'd be desperate to get him back in the team desperate to get uh, Kyogo back in the team as well but mm. the worry would be you throw them in you know a week too early and they end up out for a, another long spell it's it's um, a really d difficult call for Postacoglu amongst many different calls he's got uh, difficult calls he's making at the moment the two results tomorrow night, Davy, in your mind? Um, if Listen, I would bite your hand off for a draw for Celtic. I think a draw would be a terrific result mm. against Leverkusen. Um, Rangers, likewise. I, mean, yeah. I think I think Stephen Gerrard would take a draw all day long. Barry? I think Rangers will come back with at least a point. And um, I agree with what Davy says. I think that will be the, the message. Make sure they get back to back on that plane with, with something from the game. Celtic... I, I can't see past Leverkusen. I think they're, they're just too strong. Thanks a lot, Barry. Thanks, Davey. Cheers, and uh, good luck to Rangers and Celtic uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Paul Cooney is back in the chair tomorrow night and he has got Craig Moore and Leanne Crichton with him live at five. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five.